ships a cakewalk. If we're behind them, never mind, we'll fight and fight and kill the good old colony. Welcome to One-Eyed Tigers and Pies, the podcast where we talk about all things AFLW, so long as it involves Collingwood or Richmond. I'm Alexandra and I'm a one-eyed Collingwood supporter. And I'm Tony and I'm a one-eyed Richmond supporter. So welcome back, Alexandra, and what a fantastic round of football we had to watch this weekend. Wasn't it amazing? There's just so many good games. Um the weekend before I told you that North Melbourne and Melbourne was the best game of AFLW that I'd seen. And uh, this weekend, there was a couple that beat that. That's right. There was uh, Adelaide and Brisbane played out with the classic and with uh, with Aaron Phillips performing sensationally well. And then Richmond and Carlton is the other one. And who knew that Richmond was going to ever make it into the best game that I've seen in a long while category? So glad you brought it up. Wasn't that a great game? Wasn't it great to see Richmond play such good football? But we can get onto that a little bit later. How was the rest of your weekend? How was you watching the actual games? We were at Docklands this week. I'm picking a lack of enthusiasm up. Yes, distinct lack of enthusiasm about playing at Docklands. I find it uninspiring at the best of times and when there's a crowd of 2,500 in there, uh, it's really completely and utterly lacking in atmosphere and I want to go back to a suburban ground next weekend, please. I'd rather go to the Witten Oval, which is just walking distance from my place, or, um, or Victoria Park, obviously, the home of the pies. I'd even prefer to go to Prince's Park. You played at Prince's Park on the weekend. You obviously couldn't get there because you're 4,000 kilometres away, but um, uh, that was Richmond and Carlton this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's a fine ground. I mean, not as good as Punt Road, but, you know, it's okay. I have a story about um, Prince's Park that I forgot to tell you in the first round when Collingwood played Carlton at Prince's Park. Okay, please share. Uh, so we were meeting some friends at the game, before the game, but we were early. And so I'm travelling in on the train with Dad and he said, oh, that's not a problem. We'll go and get a beer before the game. Um, we'll go to the Sarah Sands. I'll take you to Sarah Sands and we'll have we'll have a beer. Nice. This, and, is this his old local or something from where he used to live around there? That- yeah. So he wasn't specifically in Carlton, but he's absolutely an inner north boy, grew up in the inner north. So, yes, this is his old stomping ground. And so I was, oh, this is cool. I'm going to have a drink at the pub with Dad and one of his old pubs. So we get to the Sarah Sands and it clearly, like it used to be a pub, it's one of those lovely old beautiful corner stone buildings that's now all boarded up. It doesn't look like anybody has been in there for many, many years. So I thought this story was going to be to turn into a nightclub or a, or a wine bar or something, but no, no, it wasn't open. No, it's it's not turned into anything. And I said to Dad, when was the last time you were here? And he said, 1956. I guess a lot can change in 65 years. <laughs> it certainly can. But that's what I like about the suburban grounds, wandering down with all of the locals and you can just stop at the pub and have a drink on the way, not the Sarah Sands. If you're going to Princess Park, find a different pub. Nice. So last week we threw it open to our listeners to say, could you come up with a better name for uh, the one-eyed Tigers and Pies, given that we tend to talk about other clubs and maybe we're not as one-eyed as we thought. How did we go? Did we get many responses back? Uh, we got a response from Charles. Big call out to Charles. And we loved your suggestion. Wafflers. 
Wafflers, well, that does sound a lot like what we do. I, I've probably got a slight issue in that the local competition over here for the men is called the Waffle. We don't want to be confused with a men's competition. Yeah, so maybe if we put something on the front of it, you know, like the women's Wafflers or the... I think Charles is better at this than you. Um, Charles, we'll have another go, but trying not to make it waffle, except that that's what it's all about. It Ah. is. It is. Mm. We like it. We'll keep trying a few different things, Charles. Thanks for the suggestion. Um, Before we move on to the real business of the podcast. You're looking very serious. Is Is there a big issue you need to discuss? Yeah, I have a very big issue that I would like to raise. Hairstyles. Okay, that wasn't where I thought this was going. Because it's quite clear that the um, the league has a predisposition to ponytails. Mm-hmm. Well, practical, okay. sensible, you know. Yeah, although if they've got very long hair, it does um, hide the numbers a little bit. Mm. Collingwood is overrepresented by buns. Right. You know, I can't say I'd noticed that. Well, I hadn't noticed until this weekend either, and it just jumped out at me that there are eight Collingwood players who have buns. Now, in the Collingwood men's team, there's only two players with buns. So as comparisons go, I'd say we're definitely we're definitely up there. What's Richmond's like? I, I really don't know, I'm afraid. I can honestly say I have never counted the amount of buns in the men's or the women's team, but... You know I love my data. I, I will make a commitment to you that I will count the buns and I will get back to you next week. How's that? Oh, that would be great. Thank you. Um, the other thing, because I was on a roll and looking at hairstyles this weekend, I did notice that the Western Bulldogs have all been given as part of their uniform uh, Western Bulldog scrunchies. They've all got red, white and blue scrunchies and they nearly all wear them, whether they're ponytails or buns, and I love that. And I think that's a sign of the solidarity of the Western Bulldogs team. And yay you, you're awesome. That's nice. I like the idea of having, having you know, coordinated scrunchies. That's a good idea. I think you know what's coming next, though. It's advertising on the scrunchie. <laughs> Please, God, no. Please, God, let's not get there. Let's not go there. Yeah. Um, right. So speaking of um, coloured things in the hair, did you see the final outcome of the Hosking uh, pranking war that went on this week, the Hosking twins. Uh, no, I saw some of the earlier things. Yeah, so for those of you who weren't watching, the uh, uh, Sarah Hosking place for Richmond has a twin sister who played for Carlton and they lived together and they were pranking each other this week and doing a bunch of things like freezing their pass on a block of ice, um, putting deep heat on the toilet roll. Um, and the final outcome was um, they in her sister put purple hair dye in Sarah Hosking's shampoo bottle. So that's why she had purple hair on the weekend. That's why she had purple hair. This was not a fashion choice. This was the outcome of a prank war, which I love. I think that is absolutely brilliant. That, <laughs> that wins. That totally wins. That totally wins. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a nice segue into the, uh, into the Richmond-Carlton match. Speaking of wins, Richmond didn't. We didn't, but I'm going to do it again. Gee, we played some fantastic football. And the first quarter, we got four goals up. Um, you know, I think that's some of the best we've played all year, um, even better than the, the last quarter against Collingwood where we kept you scoreless. Um, I, yeah, it was a disappointing end. It was disappointing we didn't win, but I felt something 
I hadn't felt, I think, when I've watched women's football and I felt so nervous. I was riding every bump. I was getting excited. I was yelling at the TV. It was great. Oh, such great footy. It really was. I watched the second half and I was exactly the same. I'm probably not quite as invested as you, but it was certainly very exciting and I was cheering aloud in my lounge room on my own. And I think the other thing that came out of that game that I hadn't realised before was just how important Sarah Hosking is to Richmond. Um, and Because she was a key part in us getting on top until Presbarkas took her out with uh, with that tackle. And then after that, in the second quarter, Conti really struggled to get through. I think Hosking was doing a lot of the heavy work in and under and getting the ball out and making space and shepherding. And when Conti was able to get free, Carlton got back in the game. Uh, so Maddie Prisk-Barkas has been um, tossed out for that tackle, so she's got a week. Yeah, and look, I am aware that at some point in the past I may have said I, I was a, not a big fan of the dangerous tackle rule, but that was a dangerous tackle and she deserved a week. <laughs> I think you're being a little bit hypocritical, because it was only last week that your rant was about dangerous tackles. Maybe, but... Have you not seen the title of this podcast? It's a one-eyed supporter, and I think I'm just being one-eyed. It's not It's not hypocritical. It's one-eyed. Fair enough. I completely support your one-eyedness in this tone, but I still think it's hypocritical. <laughs> what, what else? Uh, so, well, back to an analysis of the game. And, again, this is probably something I've said before. It's little mistakes in the middle of good runs, a little bit of polish that, uh, that just put us over the edge. And, Things like um, a fantastic passage of play where we passed it all the way out from full back, um, gave it to Mullen, who was on her own on half forward flank and dropped a really easy chest mark. Carlton turned it over and took it back. And then again, uh, another one with Conti, although doing some great work, switched it into the centre and hit a Carlton player absolutely on the chest. And as great as Conti is, sometimes I feel like oh, she's uh, makes some not great decisions with the ball in hand. So I think you're being a little bit harsh there. I had a little, a similar conversation with Dad on the weekend where he pointed out to me that Britt Benici got a lot of her or got some of her possessions out on the wing in a position that didn't actually advance the ball anywhere useful. And I pointed out to him that if she's going to have 31 possessions, I don't mind if five or six of them are out on the wing and don't advance the ball because most of the time they really do. I feel like you're doing the same thing with, Mon Conti. I think I'd I'd actually accept the 20 or so possessions that she get that do go where she's aiming them and just put up with the four that go wrong that you are highlighting. Yeah, maybe I'm being a little harsh. Maybe I'm just going high standards. And yes, let's face it, no one else in Richmond is looking like getting high 20s possessions. So maybe I should just deal with it. Um, Speaking of players playing well, uh, I want to highlight Miller down back. Miller has been absolutely sensational. Um, I didn't think she was anywhere near this good watching her last year, but uh, she was absolutely fantastic. Just a really safe pair of hands, read the play well, lots of great intercept marks and used the ball well. How did my favourite Richmond player, Gabby Seymour, go? Ah, so Gabby Seymour, again, probably didn't have the same kind of enthusiastic celebrations for taking a mark as we saw against Collingwood, but again, played a really solid game in the ruck and uh, she's really she's really turning into a solid all-round player in the ruck. She's uh, she's going to be one of the better ruckmen in the league if she continues this rate of improvement. I hope Sarah Darcy's not listening because I just called Gabby Seymour my favourite Richmond player and actually 
I think it's Sarah Darcy. I, I think Gabby's taken over after that mark. You just loved that mark. I really did. But Sarah, like Sarah, I've got a history with Sarah. True. True. You'll never forget your first love, you know? <laughs> and look, just to close out, I want to call out one other person, uh, Katie Brennan. I've been a harsh critic of her in the past, but this was her best game for Richmond. I I see why they've had her down forward and wanting to make it work because she was hitting the packs hard, taking contested marks and doing some really good things up and around the field. So well done, KB. Uh, that's That was awesome. I see why, uh, I see why you've got the reputation. Great. So with that, I think I'll pass the baton over to you. How did Collingwood go with their uh, their victory over North this week? Yeah, Collingwood won. Right. We've won four games this year. And do you know how many we've played? Yeah. Four. I, I was going to be nice about Collingwood, but I feel like uh, you're being almost a little bit arrogant. You're putting me off a little bit. <laughs> I'm not being arrogant. I, well, maybe I am, but I'm certainly I'm gloating in the fact that we are four from four and we're at equal top of the ladder with Fremantle. I mean, they have better percentage, but we're the only two that are unbeaten this year. Um, I love anything that brackets us with Fremantle because they're looking quite extraordinary at the moment. Yeah, and I think uh, I have to say keeping North to no goals is actually a fantastic achievement. It is a very good achievement. Um, I, I will, let's put it in contest, context though, uh, that scoreline does flatter us because they kicked no goals and eight behinds and we kicked four and four. So we actually had the same number of scoring shots. Yeah, though I think sometimes I find that analysis is a good one, but sometimes it doesn't reflect where the shots are coming from. Like if you've taken eight shots from 45 out on the boundary compared to eight shots from 20 out directly in front, you're naturally going to score more behinds. Yeah, that's true. And I would say every single shot at goal was under pressure. They didn't have any easy shots at goal that they missed. There wasn't like Richmond last week missing them from 10 metres out unpressured kicks. Right. Thanks for bringing that up. But uh, no, it's a valid point. And so I think that's, that's a sign of good defence. It is a sign of good defence and our defence, so it was a nice segue into um, into who I want to talk about this week. Um, I am actually going to talk about it in terms of backline, midfield and forward because our backline is absolutely rock solid um, and they are the reason that North kicked 0-8 because they were extraordinary. Um, Stacey Livingston we've talked about before, but she is a, a rock down there. Ruby Schleiser's having a breakout year. Lauren Butler... Um, she was quite good last year. She's coming on again this year. So they are so solid, you just rely on them every time. And I do want to give honourable mentions to Jordan Allen and Sophie Casey who aren't that flashy, but they just do what they need to do the whole time. Yeah, and I think having a defence that just does what it needs to do and maybe, you know, it's not the it's not as flashy but it's just reliable and a little bit boring, that's, that's brilliant. That's what you want in your defence. It is what you want in your defence. And when you get to the midfield, what you want in the midfield is a little bit more flair and class. And uh, we've got that. Bree Davey, Jamie Lambert and Britt Benici absolutely tore apart the North midfield. And before this game, North were touted as having the best midfield. Um, and our midfield just absolutely tore them to pieces. It was wonderful to see. I do want to call out to Steph Ciocci as well um, in playing her 30th game. In any other 
side, she would have had an absolute blinder and you'd be calling her out as one of the best on ground. But to be honest, she just can't compare to Davy Lambert and Benici's performance on the weekend. And, and look, that is an excellent starting midfield. Davy Lambert and Benici is a is a pretty good centre square combination. Yes, they are. So we won't go past that. And then we go forward. And up forward, we have my favourite, Chloe Malloy. Now, I know last week you were not that impressed with Chloe's performance. Well, I'm not sure I'd say I wasn't that impressed. She played well, but I just think she's potentially more dangerous in the midfield. Yes. Well, we do have a pretty impressive midfield already. That's right. And maybe there's not space there. But I would be interested to know whether Chloe uh, likes playing forward as much as she likes playing midfield. Or playing back, which is where she played in her first season. Um, so, Tone, I would like you, I'm not sure if you got to see any of the Collingwood game on the weekend, but I would like you to make an effort to watch the highlights reel. Um, it's only about three minutes out of your day and Chloe pretty much features in every highlight. She's absolutely amazing. Okay, I will check it out. Uh, Aisling Sheridan continued on from her brilliant performance of the last um, couple of weeks. She's a, one of our Irish recruits and she's just a legend. And I do also want to call out Jordan Membry who uh, was is in the highlight reel that any, any that isn't Chloe is Jordan Membry. She took a couple of really extraordinary marks, um, so that was fantastic. Awesome. Well, given you've called out most of the team, I think that's 11 of the 16. I just want to call out to the five leftover Collingwood players who didn't make it into your call-outs. <laughs> I love them too. They're all awesome and they all played brilliantly on the weekend. They're all brilliant. They're just great. Right. The only downside of the match was the jumper clash. It was actually quite hard to tell which was Collingwood and which was North Melbourne. Right. Well, that's not a new problem, right? No, it's not a new problem. I mentioned this to Dad after um, during the game when we were confusing players, um, and he said that it's nowhere near as bad as the 1977 grand final, which he watched on a black and white TV. From the Sarah Sands Hotel? <laughs> no, 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 that's way too late for the Sarah Sands <laughs> So Collingwood does have a bit of an issue with jumpers, though, because I don't know if you noticed, in the Richmond game, they wore what looked like their Indigenous round jersey, which is fine, but it wasn't Indigenous round. It wasn't a clash. And I'm pretty sure this week is Indigenous round. Okay, so I am just madly Googling to have a look at our jumper from last week. And you're right. That's an Indigenous jumper. Um, so the really good thing about that is that means we have an Indigenous jumper to wear an Indigenous round this week, so long as they've not just thrown them away or forgotten to wash them or whatever it is that you do to jumpers after you've worn them, um, because we didn't have a Pride round jumper, which I was very disappointed about. Um, I'm pleased that we've got an Indigenous round jumper and I just wish that Collingwood could get its act into gear and wear the jumpers in the right rounds. Well, we'll have to watch this weekend and see whether they're actually wearing the correct jumper. Maybe we have a pride jumper and we could wear it this weekend for Indigenous round. <laughs> Maybe. So my favourite segment of the podcast is always your rant, Alexandra. So what do you have for us today? I would like to rant about ticketing. Okay. What's up with ticketing? Well, firstly, I just want to say that I think it's fantastic that we are paying to go to women's football this year and that the games are selling out. I mean, that's awesome. I'm with you. You're paying 10 bucks a time, getting thousands of people. It's great to get some revenue in there, but I do want to point out that that's not a rant. No. Ticketmaster and Ticketek are a disgrace. 
Okay, that's much more like it. Hmm. So they make it very hard for you to get tickets. Every time that I've been online to try and book tickets, because you must book in advance this year, um, I've had an allocation exhausted message. And this is like in the first half hour of the tickets going on sale, and I'm pretty clear that they're not actually sold out already. And you have to click 20 times before I get in and I'm actually able to buy a ticket. So after 20 times telling me, no, 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 sorry, allocation exhausted, can't get a ticket, can't get a ticket. Oh, yeah, here you go. Have some tickets. Right. So so it's pretty clearly not sold out though, right? This was Docklands. Uh, this is actually not just this week. This has been every time that I have, and I've bought right. tickets to one or two games every round that there's available. And every single time I've been on the Ticketek or Ticketmaster website, this has happened. It's not, it's not just once off. Okay. This is an ongoing issue. For Saturday's match, there were people on social media who were begging for tickets because they couldn't get any. And they were having the same problem that I have every time, but they were also having other problems um, with the site. And so that was going on until the day. They were still looking for them on Saturday. Has anybody got any tickets? I still can't get any, even though they hadn't declared the match was sold out. Right. So it feels like they're not getting as many people to the games as they could then, right? If Absolutely. So Saturday night's match is a good case in point. So there were 2,254 people at Dockland Stadium that had only opened up ground level and it wasn't even considering COVID restrictions. It was very, very sparsely populated. I don't believe for a moment that only 2,500 people wanted to go to that match. It it seems... Unlikely. Surely Collingwood would be creating bigger crowds than that. So the two other games that we've had crowds at this season have attracted more than that and they've been sold out. So you're presuming that actually would have been even more again. So there was nearly 7,000 people in the first round and nearly 3,000 people in the second round at um, yeah sold out matches and you reckon you can only get to just over 2,000 people to... Dockland Stadium. I think that there are people who think that they're unable to go to the football and so they don't buy tickets. So I, I can sympathise with this with a slightly different issue. We've had at uh, Fremantle trying to get tickets. Uh, my friends and I were booking inside the first hour as soon as tickets opened and all the seats were gone and they were not able to get in. Uh, so we were only able to get general admission tickets. Uh, and then my friends actually got to the game early and somehow got let into the seated area and just sat down and didn't move. And they got chatting to the people next to them and they said, oh, yeah, we booked tickets last night and we can get seats. And it's like, well, where the fans who really, really want to go? Like, I mean, sure, sure, it was great standing in the outer and leaning on the fence and where the, the girls were coming in and off the interchange and yelling and screaming. But, but in principle, you should be, there's something not right with the ticketing. You you are almost parroting um, the people in front of me at the footy on the weekend. Dad and I were having a conversation about this and the people three rows in front turned around and joined in the rant with us about how terrible the ticketing was and their words were, the ticketing is broken. Well, well there you have it. AFL, get your act together. These The people who want to go to this game are the people who are going to be supporters of women's footy for the next 10 or 15 years. So you're just missing out on an opportunity to build these lifelong fans. Come on, AFL, get your act together.
It's actually exactly the same thing that we are ranting about for the AFL every time is AFL, you need to take women's football seriously. You're not taking it seriously and it's harming the game. Get your act into gear. This sounds like this could be the name of the podcast. Take women's footy seriously, AFL. I'm, I'm liking that. I feel like we should we should have a think about that. There's, there's something the there. Though, perhaps the drawback is I don't think our amateurish rats are particularly taking the whole thing seriously. Yeah, absolutely. We cover all the big topics. We do. You get your news here. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is one of my favourite segments of the podcast, Duffy Watch, keeping an eye on the kick-to-handball ratio of Frio superstar Sabrina Duffy. So this was a big week, a big week in uh, this segment. Something happened that has never happened in the year or so that I've been doing this segment. Dude, can, I, can you get me a drum roll or something? I reckon I can do that. Okay. That's not. It's it, it's okay. It's not a drum roll, but that'll do. For, for the first time ever, Sabrina Duffy had more handballs than kicks, and she didn't even kick a goal. So had lots of possessions, but I don't know what's going on down at Fremantle. Oh my god! I know. Someone's got the word. I think so. And look, the other amazing stat. There's another amazing stat that came out of it. I'm not going to ask for a sound effect this time. Uh, Gemma Horton didn't didn't also get a goal, yet Frio had twenty scoring shots to one. So how sk- <laughs> Frio had twenty scoring shots to one. How scary is Frio? <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> um, Frio is terrifying and. Uh, let's just also put that in context that Gold Coast is pretty hopeless. Well, true, but, you know, Freya are sitting on top of the ladder and uh, they're looking pretty good. They're only ahead of Collingwood on percentage. Mm. Which just about brings us to the end of the podcast, a little bit of a review about what's coming up for the week ahead, Tone. Yeah, that's right. It's an exciting week this Friday night. So it's uh, it's 4.10pm in West Australian time, which probably makes it 7.10 p.m. Melbourne time. Friday night football, Richmond versus Geelong. The big game of the round, maybe. Uh, but most importantly, this is the chance. We're up against Geelong, who are, I think, worse than Richmond. We're playing well. We're on a roll. Time for a big call. Richmond's going to win their first game. That is a big call, Tone. It is. But I would say get there, get, get there and watch the game. It's going to be football history in the making. So how's your weekend shaping up? Collingwood is playing Melbourne on Sunday at Victoria Park, and that's huge. Sorry, why is that so huge? Well, because we're playing Melbourne, who I would say are a form team of the competition, except that they lost this week. But don't don't read too much into that. I think they were probably tired from the week before against North Melbourne. Uh, But they are an extremely good side. It should be a good game, absolutely. Uh, to a top of the game clash, what is it, second versus fifth? I, I also want to throw out a plug uh, for Freo Brisbane Lions, first versus third, another cracking game of top-tier football. That should be amazing. Are you getting along to that one? I will definitely be getting along to that one. It's down at Freo Oval on Saturday afternoon. So everyone out there, so much, some incredible top-tier games of football and, you know, a quality lower-tier game of football as well. 
all round, it's fantastic. Get out there and watch some footy. Um, support these women. And if you can't get a ticket the first time you try, try again the next day because you almost certainly will be able to. Great stuff. So with that, we'll wrap it up with our usual ending. Go Tigers! Go Pies! <laughs> <laughs>